pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quaggett Smith. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 20 of the Draft Rugby Podcast, where we discuss fantasy super rugby, the game they play online in heaven. You can find the website at draftrugby.com and get after us on the socials at Draft Rugby. Now, before I introduce the lads, uh, last week we finally got around to having a player join us on the podcast, and um, we were joined by none other than Brumby's captain and Wallaby's sensation, Alan Alalatoa. Um, and look, if you haven't already done so, do yourself a favour and go check out that episode. We covered plenty of stuff and it was a great episode. Uh, well done to Nels for getting Alan on. You're the same position as him, aren't you, man? I am. Um, I'd say number yeah. two, maybe just behind him in terms of the rankings. Um, but uh, yeah, he might be a little bit better than me. So yeah, um, That's probably fair. Podcasts are always better when you don't have to listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Well, look, uh, they've jumped in, but uh, without further ado, the boys are with me tonight. Um, and we're all pretty pumped. Uh, we got together on the weekend to watch some rugby. Can you believe it? And just how good was it to have Super Rugby back, guys? Yeah, no, it was it was awesome. I think there was a lot of buzz about it. I think it was uh, was seventy thousand or seventy odd thousand, seventy five thousand that attended the two games. Um, I think there was forty odd thousand. Forty three thousand. Yeah, yeah, in the blues. the blues game, which is the biggest. I think it was since the early two thousands or something along those since lines. Since so, one hundred game, I believe. Yeah. So there's definite buzz, and none more so than at this house. Yeah. <laughs> The, uh, the the stadium which Harry has built up and been waiting to use, uh, only finally able to, basically. Um, yeah, brilliant. Very good. Um, all right. And, uh, yeah, look, I thought it was actually quite nice just having two fixtures on for the weekend. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I know we – I mean, I could watch 10 games of rugby as per usual every weekend, but um, it's nice for this pod anyway. You know, we might uh, – I'm not going to say it'll make this pod shorter because that generally has never happened, but um, – it's nice just having two pods to talk about. So um, that's what we're going to do. So that's exactly what we're going to do now. For <laughs> for our menu for tonight, um, for entree, we're going to review fantasy super rugby. Okay, I'm going to start it up again. Aotearoa. Aotearoa. Um, round one. Uh, we're going for main course. We're going to look at the fixtures for round two and for dessert. What are we doing, guys? I uh, was having a quick chat about the. Uh, potential of a rugby combine for super rugby au i haven't heard anything about it for a while but we just want to reinvigorate we're excited yeah. we're excited so we want to talk about it very good well uh speaking of excited um we were excited to get into round one of super rugby Aotearoa. i've stuffed up the name again i'm just gonna it's now committed in my head so like uh, usual um i'm gonna be the one that lets the team down all good um so the Crusaders had a bye in round one. They did play a uh, trial match. They pitted two teams against each other. So probably the two best teams in the New Zealand competition did play uh, behind closed doors on the weekend. But um, kind of been too serious because it ended in a draw and they didn't do the golden point. Oh, true. So we got the to have a crack at it and they didn't do it. They got tired. Well, I think it's because they, they don't need to practice for situations that aren't ever going to occur to them. They're never going to tie with any other team in the competition. You know what I mean? Like, why would you practice for things that aren't going to happen? So, uh, no, anyway, well, the first fixture we did have for the week was the Highlanders and the Chiefs. And I'd say what a game. What a game. But both games were fantastic. So, um, this one probably more down to the wire. But um, who wants to take us through the Highlanders and the Chiefs? I'll, I'll start us off. Cheers, Craigs. 
So a few players coming back for this one from the off-season. You had Luke Jacobson, who had a few different issues. He had ongoing issues with his concussions. And then in his last game, when he did get a little bit of game time, I think, Nelson, you were pretty excited when you had him in your fantasy team, didn't you? Yeah, I was going to say, he's actually made his return from just destroying my fantasy side. That's right. So. Uh, he had a neural hamstring issue, which is like he, a back-related hamstring. He'd been, re- he'd been receiving my messages. Uh, to not yeah, made up. Yeah. That's right. Took an E. So he, uh, he is back and fit. Nepo Laulala came back from his MCL injury, which is just an injury to the ligament on the inside of the knee. And you also had a Tenny Nanai Satoto coming back through the New Zealand Sevens program while that's being canned as well. So he came back by the bench as well. Uh, new injuries in this one. Joshuane was obviously the big talk in the off-season. Aaron Major came out and said that he was going to be competing for the number 10 jersey and was originally named to be that starting fly half. He pulled his groin on Thursday uh, and then basically the decision was made on Friday night that, in fact, he would be missing the game. Mitch Hunter be at 10, and Brittany Gatlin would be coming off the bench, giving Villamoni Koroi his uh, debut in the 15 jersey as well. We'll get to him in a moment. Uh, we don't know how bad that tear is, but apparently because it happened on Thursday and they were still umming and ahhing, if you'd play it, sounds like it's pretty low grade. So hopefully we'll see him within a week or two. Uh, Mitch Brown uh, came off in the 22nd minute. The uh, the loose forward come lock replacement. Uh, not really sure what he's done there. And Tyler Ardron as well was ruled out pretty late. I think he was expected originally to play as well, but we haven't got any more information online about that one just yet. A couple of deputants on this one as well. You had Tupo Vai. Vai? I think it's Vai. Like it ends up with an A in it. You'd assume not. I, 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 but I, let's not go with me because I don't have the track record. So, yeah, I can see you by thinking it. Um, yeah. yeah. So, 20-year-old Taranaki Lock, uh, originally not in the squad. I think he got brought into the squad because of all the injuries to the Chiefs' locks. Uh, did a really good, good job. I think, Craggs, you were really excited seeing him play and ended up playing 80 minutes because Mitch Brown went off early. And uh, they actually started by above Natoa uh, Koi, the uh, really highly touted young I'll, um, Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in there. He he did come off. He did end up coming did. off for Dylan Nell. Right. Um, but no, yeah, look, he, he's did. a big guy. And, and no, just on that, what happened when he came off? Luke Jacobson went into lock. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> yeah, it was hilarious. Craziness. He's, he's got a very similar build to uh, Vaithafita, I think, as well. He mm, does, yeah. I think yeah. he's a bit taller, but um, no, just athletic. That's what I liked about it. 198 mm. centimeters, 118 kg. So he's a pretty big boy. Not a lock. And uh, <laughs> yeah. And he, uh, yeah, he played, uh, I think, New Zealand under 20s last year when they got beaten by Shaw. Mm. Throw that in. I do remember that, yeah. <laughs> I think we all do. Uh, other, a couple other debutants. Uh, Villamani Koroi, I already touched on him. He uh, He's obviously the. Uh, very highly regarded New Zealand Sevens playmaker. We've been excited to see him for a long time. Originally was going to be in the Highlanders side next year, but because the competition's been put on hold for the Sevens, he's come across a little bit early. Originally was meant to be on the bench with the injury to Joshuane. Started at fullback. Thought he had some really good touches, some bad touches, a yellow card as he had to actually get involved in a normal ruck, which I think he was just out of his element. You don't really see rucks with more than one or two people in Sevens. Um, but it was good to see him get on there, albeit with a horrendous, horrendous haircut. Yep. Those frosted tips, just not not a fan personally. That was a bit of a theme throughout, I think. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's definitely some yeah, bad there's lids. There's a lot. There's <laughs> some bad lids. It's same with our training. I don't get it. 
some bad decision making in isolation, basically. <laughs> this is um, mine, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, are you okay, basically? Yeah. Uh, Sam Gilbert as well, the young winger from the New Zealand Sevens as well. I, I didn't see him have as much of an impact. I thought he was a little bit quiet. What do you guys think? Yeah, look, I, I didn't really see him. Um, he's, he's someone that I suppose for us, he came out of the blue. We, we didn't really know much about no. the guy and we still don't after that showing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think the thing that speaks volumes is we were uh, we were randomly we got our friend to randomly allocate names for uh, for drinking punishments throughout this game, and uh, we thought that he'd written down the name of the ball as a player, Gilbert. So we we didn't know who the hell this guy was, to be honest. But um, well, I mean, it, it bodes well for players like uh, Nano Williams when he eventually comes back. Sorry, uh, Milner Scudder. Um, when he eventually comes back, obviously they haven't locked down anyone on the outside channels there for the Highlanders, so lots of opportunity. True. Yeah. Now he'll be back just for Nelson to pick him up so he can do his uh, do his ACL again. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I'll put him in my team. Yeah, look, <laughs> there was uh, three penalties to start the game. Not, I suppose, something that you'd expect from a Kiwi derby first game back. You think they just want to track the ball up and get involved. But, I mean, it's a shortened season. Teams are going to want to get a win. So it shows that there's probably going to be teams taking those points when they're on offer. I, I think also it was, it was probably something that was coached. As I, I would expect both coaches had gone in saying, we don't know how these new ruck laws are going to go. Take your points on offer because we don't know what the flow of the game is going to look like. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. The uh, first try uh, was, again, Harry's just really lucky. He got randomly allocated. This guy, Ash Dixon, I told him to pick him on one of his guys and he didn't. But, yeah, he got a try from a rolling more. Um, from ten metres out. Ten metres out. That's a, that's an indictment on the defence from the uh, from the chefs. The chefs. Yeah, no, it's, that's not too good. That's true. Highland is well known for their rolling ball. Um, actually, speaking of um, telling Harry to, oh, that was joking, Harry. Just to be clear. Um, uh, now, speaking of um, telling Harry to pick uh, Dixon, um, you guys were both super keen to uh, put a few punts on on the weekend. You know, you've been held out for a while. How'd you both go? Uh, I feel like you guys put on at least uh, 10, 20 bets on the weekend. Uh, yeah, they, not so well on this one. Yeah, not so well on this one. I I actually ended up betting on league just so I could have to have some interest in watching it. So. All right. Well, Nelson. Yeah. yeah. All right, mate. Now I lost about sixty bucks on this one. Made about fifty profit on the other one. So down ten bucks. Worth every dollar. I, I great investment. To uh, have a great. <laughs> I don't remember how I went. I think that's. Yeah, it sounds sounds that right. That's man. a gambling addict. <laughs> right there. Um, <laughs> Didn't even look at the account. No, I did look. Never has more money back in. So for the next game. Um, and then we had C.O. Tompkinson. He scored a try. I think that was off a line from Thompson running a solid line, throwing that offload around mm. the back with Tompkinson running in and swooping in there and, and scoring that try. Um, so off the back of Thompson's hard work. Yeah, I'm enjoying seeing that centre pairing and I want to see how that evolves. That's an exciting one for me. Yeah, I think it's really solid. Tompkinson's so solid in defence, so he definitely adds a lot there. I still see the way he moves and the lines he runs as an outside centre or a winger, not as an inside centre. Mm. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if they get more time there, how that shapes up. Um, followed by that, uh, yeah, the Highlanders were off to, to a bit of a, a lead there. Um, then we had Wainui scoring a try. How did he score his? Uh, his was down the wing. Just, yeah, yeah, in, in the corner. Did you say that because he's a winger, or I just, did say uh, that, but yeah. I, I just I just rewatched the the uh, try as well. But I just remember, I think it was just an overlap. 
Yeah, and then don't quote me. Then a man who I, I think don't record me saying that. Yeah, a man who really stood out. In fact, he was actually the fantasy man of the match. Marino Michele Tuu scored a try himself. He had an absolute blinder. I think he played better than Sotutu in terms of, at the very least, stats. And I think he probably had a, a larger impact in the game. But boy, they have some good eights coming through in New Zealand. Oh, he, he was oh, mate. He, he, he really. He really outshone someone who's not very much of a big name, definitely not an all-black or anything. Uh, old mate Shannon Frizzell. Um, Shannon was, was Shannon was uh, exactly. It was extremely quiet. So Tuu was all over it. So yeah. definitely staking his claim. That uh, took the halftime score to twenty-two to sixteen in favour of the Highlanders. Yeah, yeah, and I think we're all shocked. As I said, I definitely yeah. had my money on the Chiefs. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. <laughs> Second second half was a lot slower to get going. I think there was an exchange of a couple of penalties again. Uh, very stop start. It was it was really obvious that the teams were struggling to adjust to the ruck and mall penalty uh, interpretations. There were a couple of penalties. First and second half were crawling along the ground. Uh, players getting caught in the wrong side of a ruck were pinged immediately. Then it took until the seventy first minute. You had. Quick hands through to the left from the uh, the Chiefs' back line. D-Mac ended up taking a pass from his right with the defence right in his face. Popped a little pass over the top to Anton Leonard-Brown, who just had acres of space to stroll over and score his try. First try of the uh, LTLDR Super Rugby season. How'd it go? Just wanted to have a crack at the name. It was Ben and Gargi. Yeah, and, and Anton Little Brown was someone who was also fairly anonymous, uh, you know, until this point, really. He, uh, I don't know if he was just kept out of the game or... I think I he feel was. Like, I think yeah. that was... Yeah, I mean, it, that centre pairing is, is quite a defensively strong centre pairing. And I, I think they do both like to come up hard in defence as well, and that's, that's going to really shut down that space that ALB had. Yeah. And we're all talking about how we really like Quinn Tapia, but... Um, Nankavel, who's just been sitting in the wings, well, we'd love to see him in there as well. That's, uh, I think that's a big question. Oh, three of them. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, just, somehow, I don't know. Yeah. Just get it, <laughs> make it happen. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure Tobias could play in the wing or something. So anyway, <laughs> D Mac missed the uh, conversion for that one. The one kick he missed all night cost him the game. Uh, 77th minute, though, he uh, he kicked a drop goal and looked incredibly calm and collected doing so from, you know, 20 out right in front. Like, nothing tough, but every drop goal is pretty challenging. Then with literally within a minute's play, they were back down the other end. Apparently, Aaron Smith, uh, Hunt and Gatland had had a bit of a chat running back up that <clears throat> they'll just go and get themselves in line for a penalty. And if the drop goal's on, they'll have a crack. Within a minute... Gatlin has hit one of the ugliest field goals you'll ever see. But the under, best stories. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But under an enormous amount of pressure. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Brad Weber reckons he got a finger to it as well, which might might uh, mean we can give uh, Gatlin the benefit of the doubt that maybe it wasn't going to be that ugly. But uh, yeah. awesome story. Do you want to do you want to go through this one, or do you want me to? Oh, look. I mean, you will we'll go together. I think Gatlin. It's is. Had a, a pretty special moment, actually. They were talking about it. He, he was talking to his parents. Was it the night before? Yeah. So he was talking to, obviously, his dad, who is the, the coach of the Chiefs. And uh, he informed them the night before that he was he was coming into play on the bench, obviously meaning uh, Yuani was injured. And his dad said, why didn't you tell me earlier? And he's like, you're the coach of the other team. <laughs> so obviously, I'm not going to tell you. But, I mean, what a, what a sweet story. He, he gets on, and this is a guy that's done it in the past for numerous teams, but slotted a field goal to, 
to make his dad lose. Yeah, on top of that, he told him he's told his parents at dinner that he was going to do it as well. He said, I'm going to kick a last minute penalty goal, a drop goal to win the game. And on the back of that, that's his first professional game since May of last year when he broke his foot in Super Rugby as well. So first professional game of footy to hit a uh, winning drop goal. I think we can forgive the fact that it didn't look as beautiful as some do going over the post. It was a very, very good story and, and a great pressure moment for him. And as great as all of that is, that you guys are all, you're still missing the main narrative. And the fact that he took the drop goal instead of Mitchie Hunt, the uh, the right. last last minute kick Ice king. Man. Yeah, Iceman, exactly. He would have been, I reckon he was just lost. He was like, what's going on? Why didn't I get this pass? Um, but, uh, or was that, you reckon that was all a decoy? They, everyone else thought it was going to Mitch Hunt, yeah. 100%. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so in terms of stats that were different, uh, the Highlanders ran 278 run meters to 427 so they were they were down there they also were were i mean the worst of the two in terms of tackle busts 14 to 23 for line breaks they almost got doubled 6 to 11 gain line carries they more were more than doubled they made 25 to the chiefs 53 they won all their lineouts 14 of 14 while the chiefs lost four um, getting 14 of 18. This so, isn't confidence in Perry Perry Parkinson, who got a start as well, right? Yeah. Awesome to see him and uh, Josh Dixon playing well together and that line out operating really well for them. Yeah, it's, and it's oh. interesting to see there. I, might, I mean, having said that, the Chiefs have zero healthy locks, but. <laughs> I, I think that's really interesting, those stats. I mean, those attacking stats very strongly favour the Chiefs. Yeah. However, sure. it didn't feel like that all through the game. Do you know what I mean? Like the Chiefs. Normally, the, the the Chiefs do absolutely dominate on attack, uh, and you, but you really feel like they're yeah. moving up the field very quickly. That they're taking a lot of space and opportunities. But I mean, we all discussed how uh, I mean how quite a few of the backs felt anonymous. But even D Mac, the man himself, the fantasy god, where was he? He, he felt absent. Um, he did, so he did pretty well, for, to be honest. But we'll get there. No, it's true. I'm just saying it's interesting. The stats were still so still so strong. Standards, yeah. I mean, yeah, statistically he did well, but we'll let you slide, Craig. All right, very good. Um, all right, well, who's, let's get on the fantasy points. I was just going to say there was 28 penalties in the game, 16 okay. to 12 as well. So, we know, we, we talked about that adjustment period and I thought the refs actually refereed the game very, very well for what they talked about. What did you write in brackets there, Harry, about those penalties? That's a lot, lot. <laughs> That's a lot, lot. That's lots. <laughs> nice. You guys going for a Scottish thing or something there, are <laughs> So... Fantasy man of the match, we, we mentioned him before, Marino Machiele Tu'u, 79 points for him with a try, a good try, 13 conversions, conversions, runs rather, carries, you're right and see if What a stitch up, what a stitch up, got Absolutely him. Stitch me up. 51 metres, two line breaks, five tackle busts and an offload as well. Uh, the Highlanders also, Sierra Tompkinson with 48 points and Ash Dixon 43, the two tries for us as well. Yep, and then for the Chiefs, the man that Kagi said didn't do too well, DMAC brought in 73 points. <laughs> um, Sean Wainui brought in 71, ALB 58, and Shooter Stevenson with 53. Yeah. Well, isn't that the story of DMAC? You don't even think he did well and he's done well. I mean, <laughs> like, right. let's... <laughs> I, did, I didn't think he was going to be that big either, but classic DMAC, that's why he's my boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Matt, you were, that's not what you were saying on the weekend. You were done with him, mate. <laughs> uh, a few beers. It was a bit emotional. Fair um, enough. All right, very good. Yeah. Well, that, uh, that takes us on to this next fixture that was um, on Sunday afternoon. Uh, I got my times messed up as per usual, but it was uh, 1, 1 p.m. here in Australia, 3 p.m. afternoon game. 
you're not big on facts and things like that, mate. Um, yeah, no. the the Blues won this one in a, in an Arvo, Arvo game, which I think the talk not only just out of Australia, we loved it, but New Zealand really loved the fact that it was an afternoon game, brought that big crowd. This one really felt like a test match in terms of um, the the cheers and the fans there, and I think that was something that really helped the Blues along. Um, they won this one 30 to 20, but there were two tries apiece. So the separation there was the, the kick success and, and a few more penalties. In terms of the returns, Colin Bowden Barrett, I don't know if you can say he returned. It's his debut for the Blues. And uh, after his sabbatical, uh, shifted to fullback, which there was a bit of talk pre-match about that. And if uh, I heard a few Chiefs fans and Crusaders fans and everyone else going, you don't deserve to have him if you're going to put him at fullback rather than rather than at ten. That's probably yeah. fair. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Waratahs fans saying the same thing right now. Um, then we had Caleb Clark. He returned due to the fact that the this New Zealand sevens aren't currently running. And boy, oh boy, was he good. Artie Sevilla after his knee surgery, uh, he hadn't played since that semi final. Um, that they got tailed up by England at the Rugby World Cup. And you and I were discussing pre-plot as well. The reason that he was on the bench was he played in their intra-club match the week before, but only for 15 or so minutes. And they said he was quite tentative coming back into it as well. Yeah. In terms of new injuries, Blake Gibson had a head knock and slash or a hamstring. Yeah, so took, uh, took a head knock and then was seen with ice on his hammy. Yeah, as detailed in the uh, the casualty ward. Yeah, good stuff there. <laughs> Kagi, don't look at it. You don't like facts and things. Um, Tom Robinson, he had a knee scan. I don't think we've heard anything out of that. Yeah, injured his knee. Uh, I did have a quick double check straight before this podcast. Nothing's been updated yet, so not sure how severe that could be, but never good if they're getting an MRI or something. Yeah, and Vea Fafida had a toe injury pregame. Just if anyone knows it personally, I know a good podiatrist if they uh, if he. If he needs it. No, and he has been... I don't. I don't. Harry, do you know any good podiatrists? I don't know any. It's a, I yeah. don't, but I can also confirm that uh, he's been cleared for this week. So luckily he doesn't need one, Nelson. Don't worry about that recommendation. I was going to injure him. Um, good for showing rugby. Um, yeah, so look, Caleb Clark, he was the story of this game for me. Um, I think there were a few stories out of this, but that boy, might, oh boy, did he look good. Was that? That might be why you made that graphic of him. Yeah, I made a graphic of him and... God, that was good. Um, not to toot my own horn, but it did look quite good. Um, <laughs> he he absolutely demolished this game. Uh, he was on the left wing. Uh, every touch he had, he looked dangerous. He busted through a couple of tackles, made a few line breaks. Um, and that link between him and Rico was, was brilliant. I think Rico played really, really well at outside centre. And to have Caleb Clark outside him... I mean, that just made him suit that position so much better, I thought. Well, yeah, I think Rico's game running hard lines and throwing offloads was easily the best game at outside centre I've seen him play. Yeah, for sure. And I think Rico's going to have to play really well at outside centre now because um, is he, as much as I love Rico, is he going to make it back on the wing, Matt, with <laughs> Mark Talea and Caleb Clark playing as good as they are? I mean, he, he was the best winger in the world a few years ago, so I'd suggest yes. All right, fine. I yeah, was <laughs> supporting this statement, but don't worry about it. That's fine. Um, Put it this no. way, mate. Is Bodie Barrett going to get picked above a Terra Black at 10? I, I think he is, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, that's right. That's right. But also, I guess... Well, a Terra Black plays, mate. Bowden Barrett's the best 10 in the world. <laughs> that's probably <laughs> the next story to go on yeah, to. Yeah, all right, all right. That's the next story <laughs> to go the on. Um, yeah, look, a, a Terry Black, he got talked about a fair bit. He played solid. I think he did play really quite well. 
um, and showed some worth there and that he, he did deserve that 10 jersey. Not above Bodie, but he did deserve a crack at that 10 jersey and I think he did well. Yeah, I, 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 Sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, what I think he did particularly well was deal with all the uh, post-match questions. They kept interviewing after the game and all they did was ask him about Bowden Barrett. <laughs> oh, wow. And it was like, he just won a game playing 10 for the Blues. I actually had a very good game, but all they did was ask about Bowden Barrett. So yeah. kudos to him. Well handled. I, I think it was a very controlled, mature performance from him, but I can't help but think that the uh, commentators and the sports writers were kind of egging each other on and building up this story as much as they possibly could. I saw a, an article from Michael Foreman on Rugby Pass, who I, I really like his work. He, uh, he does a lot of work down with the Chiefs as well. Um, and he was basically saying that he thought the connection between a Terra Black and Bowden Barrett was better than that of Richie Moanga and Bowden Barrett in Test Rugby last year. And I just thought they're, they're all egging each other on to say what an, what an amazing performance. Look, he kicked his goals. He controlled the flow of the game really well. But I would say the Blues forward pack was really dominant in that as well. And on top of that, he, he didn't make any mistakes. But I, yeah. I'm, I still think he needs to attack the line a little bit more as well. I, I, had, I didn't see him do that at all. I also think, I mean... Yeah, even if he played a good game, which I do think he played a good game. And, and look, he's, they were talking about him as, before the game, this young fly half. He's 25. He, yeah, he's had a few injuries, but he's... not three years in a row. Yeah, he's, he's 25. He played a relatively mature game. But did Bowden Barrett have the same influence? Oh, I definitely think no. Um, it'll be interesting to see where the All Black selectors want Bodie Barrett. Do they want him playing in that 15 jersey um, for the All Blacks? But... Uh, we were chatting about it beforehand. If he's playing 15 week in, week out, you're not going to expect him to rush back into that 10 jersey for the All Blacks with, with Moanga there. So it'll be interesting to see how that combination pairs up. If um, Dan Carter gets on the field, if he's on the bench, or how it's going to work. But It's a skinny man's Dan Carter, though. Where's, um, where's Pera Franchise at? Is he, he's he's he gone for the Gordon. season. That's why they signed Dan Carter. Yeah. Ah, very good. Yeah, it's... Well, would you guys play a Terra Black or Dan Carter if you were playing uh, starting at 10? I mean, I know Carter only just arrived on the scene about a week or two ago. so He's 38 and he looks very skinny. Who knows, man? I don't know what he's like. I don't know how he's playing. I, I haven't watched much of his Japanese rugby. Apparently, he's obviously uh, he, a great, he, he destroyed he's it. He's the greatest fly half of all time. But yeah. does that mean that he's still up to the toughest, you know, tournament arguably in the world, club tournament in the world? Even more so now. Who knows? Without us or South Africa. Well, it's, it's all part of these secret game plans, we, like we were discussing, of bringing Aaron Cruden on to close out the game in the last 30. Yeah. Bring on Dan Carter, close out the last 30, 20 or 30, you know. Yeah, yeah, look, um, and he's, if you want 100% chance of kicking your goals in the last 20 minutes, bring on Dan Carter. That's right. <laughs> his influence is massive, whether he's on the field or not. But look, I, I think someone of his style of play, he's still going to have a beautiful pass. He's still going to have a beautiful kick. He's still going to have beautiful vision. He didn't have to be the quickest, the strongest, the most physical fly half ever in history. Yeah, but he was all those things, which just kind of added to what he offered. <laughs> he just did, but he had, he's got so much. <laughs> yeah, he kind of did everything. There's no real flaws to his game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no flaws. But I, I still think I could see him playing an influential role if he's fit, fit enough and if he's strong. Very fair. Very fair. Excellent. Moving on. Going back to the flow of the game, though, one of my favourite moments was that Dane Coles try. <laughs> so they obviously put the quick hands through to the right-hand wing where Dane Coles found himself lurking. I think he thought he was 25 again in the glory days where we saw this all the time. Put the head down and absolutely flew, got round the defence, and only Bowden Barrett was covering in D. Had a real crack at him. I thought it was not a bad oh, attempt. It was a very bad tackle technique. He is oh. waiting for a concussion. 
Like, but not that it wasn't physically hard. He went in hard. Right, okay. But he, he got his head on the wrong side. He didn't, he didn't have any other options, though. It's not like he could, tap, he could get him around the ankles and stop him. He had, to, he had to knock him right out the side. From the side. Which can't angle be... his head is on, mate? He put his head on the front side of the runner. But coming so from the side, you can really get a solid hit with someone's momentum going the other way. I was going to say, at full pace, it's, it's, it's pretty hard to, uh, you know, get your head in the right place. In that I know kind of quicker, so... Uh, Either way, he he took the hit well, finished in the corner, and I just love seeing all the Hurricanes players run in and the classic move where you pull your ex-teammate into the huddle and bring him into the celebration to endure the try and watching Bodie Barrett just laugh on camera as they tried to pull him in was was classic. I really enjoyed watching it. Yeah, it was great. Building on that, there was actually quite a few little things. I saw it in the match and then the screen cut away. There was a moment that... uh, Barrett, I think he did like a crossfield kick or he did a long pass or something, and he got hit quite clearly late by Coles. Coles come and hit him with an arm like this, and Barrett spun around and fell to the ground. And then you see him get up with a smile on his face. This is in the distant camera, and sprint behind Dan Cole, Dan Coles, um, Dan, Dan, uh, <laughs> but sprint behind him to get back to him out of the defensive line, and then the camera cut away. Yeah, yeah, and, and try and try and trip him up. It kind of looks like kids in the, in the school playground. Yeah, yeah exactly. They, they showed right. it on YouTube. There was the other angle, and it's him running directly back into him. To well, get him do you know the reason they had that angle? I don't know if you guys remember, but um, before yeah. before the game, they actually had a Bowden cam channel. It's just the whole the whole game. Yeah. The whole game. They said Sky Sports, like second or third Sky Sports channel, was literally a boat dedicated Bowden Barrett camera. Yep. through the whole game and pre-game. <laughs> it was crazy. Reason, Fox aren't good enough to offer that to us. <laughs> yeah. So in the end of the first half, I think there was a huge penalty count against the Blues. The Hurricanes had a tailwind as well. And uh, the Blues took a 14-3, 13, sorry, 14-13 halftime lead. And then the second half is basically the opposite story, right? Hurricanes pinned to the death. Blues kicking field position and taking touch and, and controlling the flow of the game and the field position in the game. Then just started accumulating point after point, few penalties, uh, and kind of blew the Hurricanes away. And the game was over in the second half before it really got going, to be honest, in that half. Yeah, the, the only thing really to come out of the Hurricanes, which was a little bit flattering for them, was Jamie Booth doing his little scoot and, and scoring that try. Mind you, he did one or two before that. That's very char- characteristic Booth. He knows how to find that little little bit of gap to get over the line there. Um, so good on him, but yeah, definitely it was going no stranger to a dart with ball in hand, Jamie Booth. Yeah, there was two. There was a ginger on either side at halfback. That was yeah. interesting. That's it. Bring him on. The uh, the thing I, I the other thing I took out of this game was Asafa Amur when he came on. I was sitting down with a mate of mine, and I was saying, "I do have another mate," um, and I was saying, hey, mate. "Watch Amur come on here." I've dead set never seen him throw a successful line out in his career. And he hit a couple in a row. And yet the Hurricanes were still at only 74% for their line out because DC had missed so many in that first half as well. They were 14 from 19. Their, their line out looked very weak as well. It's a real problem area for a couple of these New Zealand Super Rugby sides at the moment. Yeah, if you're, if you're throwing 74% in a match, that's pretty terrible. The Crusaders are going to have a field day at line out time. That's all I can say. Yeah, yeah that's it. Um, yeah, and how, what about mate? What about Amua's um, run? You know, talk stop talking about his line out, mate. What about that bloody run down the sideline again? Oompa. If Dan Coles thinks he's a winger on the sideline, Amua showed him up for sure. I mean, I know Coles scored a try, but whatever, far out. Whatever you can do, I can do better. That's it. And I, I was just, I was saying um, just before the pod that um, 
uh, with him and Fidel coming on, Alex Fidel, very much uh, in the same vein as Al Mua. I mean, can you imagine being on the team and having these two young blokes come on to just absolutely increase the tempo of the game for the last 20? Don't forget Isaiah Walker-Liawera as well. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, if, if, uh, if the Springbok um, bench front row was the, the bomb squad, what are we, we going to dub the, uh, the Hurricanes about, bench back? Uh, what about Artie Sevilla on the bench too? Oh, I know. But well, there was Artie and, um, yeah, imagine bringing on Artie, Amua, Fidel and Walker-Lee Aware. That's, just, that's really got to be real painful without that. Yeah, you'd take it, wouldn't you? Yeah. Look, I wanted to give a quick shout-out as well. TJ Farney I thought was excellent again at 12. Scored a try himself, running some good lines. And then he put that last-minute little grubber in through for Papali'i's oh, first try. Yeah, that was brilliant. About the second half there, which kind of opened the gap up. It was just beautiful. He's playing so well. It took me a few seasons to be convinced by him, but, man, he's, he's a very good inside centre. Uh, I, I feel like his game has evolved in the same way, way that Iray Simone's has in the uh, Brumbies. I was going to say also kind of perhaps Ma Nonu-esque. Um, I mean, he, didn't, he, wasn't, he, he wasn't obviously just a dominant powerhouse like Ma Nonu and then slowly added on the skills, but that... Um, Evolution. The way his defensive work and that that kick that for me that was very Nonu esque, but um, yeah. yeah, brilliant. It wasn't a set pace. It was like literally just responding it half a, a second to see that there was no one back there and put a brilliant kick through. So yeah, that was very good. Yep. Um, in terms of the stats for the match, uh, the separation was that um, the Blues kicked six from six, so they're three tries and three from three penalties. Whereas the Canes got two from four. And so it, was, got, it was black yeah. kicking, not, not Bowden. Yeah. 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 And so they, they kicked one penalty and one conversion. Uh, turnovers were 10 to four in favour of the home side, the Blues. That's a pretty dominant stat. Um, they kicked 27 out of, uh, compared to 17 times out of hand. Um, so they definitely use that kick a little bit more solidly. And when you're looking at the other side with Bodie as your, your 15, you've got two, two good quality kickers, and they just didn't mm. seem to, to utilise it and played that field position very well. Um, the line-outs definitely went the way of the Blues as well. They, they got 86 to what we said, 74% for the Canes earlier. Um, and penalties, uh, again, lots of penalties. It was, it was 16 to 4. I think to we 14. 16 yeah. to 14, sorry. Yeah, it just and it flipped on the half. So it put thirty penalties in eighty minutes of play, and you've got yeah. to think the stoppages for scrums and lineouts and things like that is so much. Yeah, well, you had to think they needed to go to further disciplinary action. You know what I mean? Like they didn't put anyone on notice. They just kept because they were they were often um, like long lines of repeated infringements. So the Blues would get five in a row in the first yeah. half, and the Hurricanes would get five in a row in the second I half. Think- I think one of the things was they were cracking down a lot more with some of these laws, not just the new laws. They were just cracking down a little bit more. People were saying they were being a bit pedantic, but they're clearly making their points known that they're going to be strict around these areas. So because of that, I suppose they'd be more likely to give a little bit of that leniency to go, mm. look, guys, we're giving you a chance here to, to improve this stuff, but we're not going to continue. There's been a chat. Um, in the last couple of days as well with players and coaches and, and things like that as well with the referees. And they've sort of re-explained a lot of these laws to say, there's a lot of penalties. We don't want this stuff to happen again and, and clarify what's going on. Yeah. For sure. Very good. All right, let's go through the fantasy stats. Who was the man of the match? Take a guess. Wild guess. Caleb Clark. Hey. Who would have thought? Man of the week. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Breakout player of the week as well, right? Yeah. 
84 points for him. A try, 11 runs for 105 metres, so almost of that magic 10 metres of run number that we always love to see. Two line breaks, five tackle busts, and a couple of turnovers, one as well. So pretty massive there. Shows a bit of his seven skill there. Yeah. Um, for the Blues, Mark Talea got 67 points. Papali'i off the bench. Got off the bench. Points. 60 minutes, though. It's yeah. not off the bench. Still um, the bench, mate. Don't steal it from him. Uh, yeah, sorry, Gibson. <laughs> Otero Black, 57. Uh, Hoskins Satutu, 49. Josh Goodhue, 46. Is this the first time we've seen Hoskins Satutu names discussing this game? I think it is. It, it was, actually, yeah. He was very How good. How good a game did he have? Far out. He was. It was awesome to see him pilfering as well. I think he had a couple of turnovers. He was damaging with the ball. It's. I can see why they can't start Akira. Like, how do you rest the bloke that's playing that well week in week out? Yeah. Mate, exactly why can't we had to deal with for year after year? As I said before, why can't we have both? Okay, just find a way to get them both in the team. I don't know who you take out because Tom Robinson and Papa Lee would be fantastic on the six and seven jersey. But yeah, you let them keep their blue jersey and you send one of them to the Waratahs. <laughs> I'm also a fan of that. Can Akira come to the Waratahs? That would uh, I'd be a huge fan of that. I would take either, really. <laughs> yeah. Look to, to finish this game off. Ben Lamb 71 points and Dane Hill 64 points as well. Lamb had some good moments as well, but Black. probably not the all-round game as some of the other players that we've mentioned. Yep, for sure. True. Excellent. Very good. That takes us. That concludes our entree. Delicious. And um, we're going to move on to the main course. So next week, round two, the Highlanders have the bye which means uh, our first game on Saturday, we have the ch- first game, uh, first and only game on Saturday. We have the Chiefs at, at home taking on the Blues. Um, who's going to be returning in this one, Harry? The uh, returning base for this one, Sam Kane, uh, will be back from his back injury. I think they rested him. He was got a little, pulled up a little bit tight in the, leaks, the weeks leading into uh, the game, so they decided to ease him back in. But I mean, huge problems there for them trying to work out who to deal, who to who to drop between Jacobson, Boschier, and Peter Gasolkula. Just drop uh, Kane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're all black captain. That's right. So um, I, I can only think that maybe Peter Gus ends up on the bench, or maybe Luke Jacobson becomes a full time lock for the next. Few. <laughs> yeah, that's a very real possibility, isn't it? Yeah, I know. No, I, I really hope we don't see that. It is not. <laughs> it definitely is not. Um, you've also got, like you said, um, what do we do with Akira Iwane? Well, there was talk that with both Tom Robertson and Blake Gibson in doubt that you could actually see him get a run. Uh, the coaching staff had said, I don't know who it was from the coaching staff room off the top of my head, but they'd said that his skin folds are looking real good. So basically he's been working his ass off and he's fit. So, and a fit Akira is scary for anyone in the world to play up against. So hopefully we do see Akira at six. That's what I like to hear, mate. I've been how, how waiting. Good, how good would that be? That would be scary. Yeah. Um, look, I, I think the other thing about uh, going back to the Chiefs, McKenzie just needs to get his hands on the ball more. You know, he needs to get more involved where he got 73 fantasy points. But I just like seeing him in, seeing him in at first receiver or, or second receiver a lot more. Yeah, he, he just lacked that control, that influence from controlling the match. He, he still did some good things. Um, but, yeah, he just didn't stamp his name on that side like he normally would. Probably I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember how Caleb Trask went. Like, I think he, he went all right. But it, like, no, he he was, home it was just okay. But surely Aaron, surely Aaron Cruden has to start now because you really can't lose two games in a row in this competition with the shortened format and how tough every game's going to be. Yeah, no, very good. 
Uh, Solomon Alamalo. Craig, you, uh, you'd ask, where is he? Well, I can tell you that he is fit and healthy and raring to go. Apparently, he just racked up to training a few weeks later than the others. I'm not sure exactly why that was, if he was in isolation or whatever else. But basically, they said they decided they would favour because they have so much depth at the moment, the players that had done the bulk of the pre-season training and he'd come in a couple of weeks later. So I would <coughs> expect to see him play this week. Yeah. Um, and they lost, so he'll be playing, basically. That's, that's, what that's right. Yeah. <laughs> we, we talked about it with Blake Gibson's injury. Uh, we're going to assume that Papali'i sh- will start. If not, he should start, even if uh, Gibson's around. I, I, he just had such a good influence. There's a chance that you could see both of them as well at some point. No, but mate, please don't season. put both of them on, mate. Pup, Gibson's Pup, got to be the last resort, all right? I mean, just Pup, come on. See probably he could play six if you really needed Gibson on as a fetcher at seven. But, look, I, I think Papali'i had, has had a bigger influence, and I think he was really quite good when he came on. Papali'i made two turnovers when he came on the field as well, and he said that he wants to be a specialist fetcher, a specialist seven as well. He will play six and eight <clears> if that's where he's asked to, but... He wants to make the seven jersey his own. So I, I think that's kind of him putting his name down to say that he, he wants to start over Blake Gibson. Yep. Fair enough. Um, and Craig's, this is a yes. point clearly from you. Can they just drop black for Carter? Do you want to elaborate on that? No, I didn't say that, but we were actually already discussed it. I just said, um, uh, how, how does it work? How do you fit in uh, Dan Carter? This is before I realised that uh, Para Franchise is uh, injured for the season. But... Um, yeah, it's like, you know, he's... Uh, I mean, look, we won't need to discuss it again. We talked about how Dan Carter's a bit older um, and maybe can play that role like Aaron Cruden coming on and closing out games um, with his goal-kicking and, and calm head. So, um, yes, uh, it's, it's the, the question is whether they play, as we touched on, Bowden at 10 or, um, or or they don't. So, yeah, yeah. if they do, who, who do they play 15? Who, who do you guys think? Matt Duffy or what? What do you reckon? Yeah. Can they just bring back Milani Nanai, please? I mean, be... <laughs> Get Nanai good. on. Get Nanai um, on. That's it. Another thing, another question for them is, and we don't have all the answers, is, is Marchant. Uh, he's oh, there. Did you just, hold on. Nelson, did you just say you don't have all the answers? <laughs> I never thought I'd ever hear something like that from you. I, I was then going to give all the answers, though. Uh, okay, all right, very good. So his contract was meant to finish, I think it was on the 1st of July. Who, who sorry? Marchant. Yeah, Joe Marchant. His contract was supposed to finish on the 1st of July or early in July, meaning he was going to head home to UK, um, to, to England. Um, with no rugby there, I mean, we ha- I haven't heard anything to say that he will stay on, um, but there can is no rugby there. Can you fly back at the moment? Yeah, you can. If you, it, repatriation, if you're going back to your country, you can definitely fly back. So he we could, send Nelson back to Mars, or is that? Surely he's going to be praying that he can stay. Like he's going to be asking him to to stay for free. New Zealand's basically COVID free, and he gets to play in the best tournament in the world and the only tournament in the world right now. Yeah, and he's been frothing on the quality of of Super Rugby and the the men around him as well. So he's definitely loving life there. Look, how do you guys see this game going, Chiefs Blues? What do you think? Tell me, tell me gameplay tip. What what do you guys have? Well, look, I think the Blues are going to. I mean, why why change anything? The Blues are going to want to come out pretty much the same way they did before. You know, we were talking about will they move both to ten? I don't think so. I think they'll change very little, um, apart from injury and forced changes. So Papali coming in, um, Akira even fit. I still think he'll come off the bench. Um, Who do they start if Tom Robinson's injured? 
Oh, if Tom Robbo's injured? Uh, and Blake Gibson's injured. Both of them are in doubt. That's... Tony Lamborn's the only well, other one. He's been well, good. Then my boy Akira's back in, baby. Woo! Yeah! Um, no, but uh, yeah, I don't think they'll change their game plan whatsoever. You know what I mean? Um, that's one thing that the Blues have really needed is consistency. Um, that's well, look, what has let them down for a really long time. And so... I think yeah. they're, they're definitely on, on the path to consistency with five wins in a row at the moment. Um, this is going to be a, a big test for them. They versed the Chiefs earlier on in the year and did go down, and the Chiefs are missing a few of their players as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this match shapes up. But if we're basing this off from the weekend's performances, I, I think the Blues can get the job done here. Yeah, look, they, their line-out is going to be, I would assume, incredibly dominant. Atera Black is kicking very well, and I don't see why they could <clears> change the uh, the ten fifteen channels and the position the players they're using there with Brody and, and Black. Um, personally, I think we're probably going to see a response from the Chiefs. I expect Alamalo back in, Aaron Cruden back in, Sam Kane back in. I think that their forward pack as well is just going to lift to another level. And personally, I expect the Chiefs to to get it done. I think they're a you know. There's a reason why they were tipped as one of the favourites to win this competition. And if they went down 2-0 and at home, mind you, as well, I'd be really surprised. Yeah, and also, also Ardron, if Ardron comes in as well, just that boost of Kane and Ardron to the forward pack, that'll really yeah. particularly shore up the set piece as well. Um, but uh, I think it'll all be about the kicking game. As we talked about the Blues, Bowden and Black just really dominating, putting the Hurricanes back into their corners in the second half. Aaron Cruden and D-Mac, mate, you don't think they're a chance? No, no, this is what I'm saying. It'll be whether, it'll be about who can get the supremacy. That'll be it, you know what I mean? It'll, it's, I think that, I think Bowden will definitely play 15 for this one because <clears> this is a really big challenge at, at 15. And I think they'll really want the world's best player right there. So, yeah. Yep. So a split. Yeah. Oh, so no, sorry, I think the Chiefs are going to win. Uh, oh, I'm not to the to the Blues. Um, I'm, mate, I'm always on Team Chiefs here. I, I think. Uh, look, I think I mean, that's the. I think that's the easy answer. So I'm going to go for the Blues. <laughs> Excellent. Very good. All right. Well, does that sum up this game? Will we move on to the next one. It does. We yeah. have the Hurricanes and the Crusaders. So the Hurricanes um, going to bounce right back into this one, Harry. The same as the Chiefs. Is that what we're thinking? Or uh... Uh, no. Okay, very good. Uh, well, how about you take story already, are we? <laughs> no, who's um, who's returning into this one? So, Jordy Barrett had an instability episode in his shoulder, like a dislocation <clears throat> or partial dislocation by the, by the sounds of it, although they haven't actually used those words uh, a couple of weeks ago. So, that's why he uh, he missed the, the game last week. They said he still isn't wasn't stable enough to play, was the quote that came out from the coaching staff which kind of fits with what I was saying. Then the, uh, the coaches also said, who, who was the coach? Who was it? Uh, Jordan, uh, no, Jason Holland has come out yeah. and said he's 50-50 to play this week, which I'll, I'll put my neck out and say, BS, he won't play. You don't, you don't come back two weeks after an instability episode, not in a contact sport where you're a young player, a high risk of injury. He won't play this week. You know, to me, it's a four-week injury at his minimum if he's actually had a proper instability episode. So I'd be very surprised. Otherwise, it was a very minor injury. And you guys have got a pretty crazy week. You're only up against the Crusaders. Exactly. Why risk it? Yeah. Um, the, the other one that was interesting to see, so Sevilla played, I think it was 23 minutes mm-hmm. um, on the weekend. I know we're talking about injuries, but this is along the similar lines. Um, Jason Holland was, was talking about 
unsure if he if he's going to start him. Um, he played minimal minutes the week before in a trial, played 23 minutes. He also said uh, that he was has never felt so nervous uh, running onto the field as he did on the weekend. Um, but he put in a workmanlike effort. I, I think he, he made his tackles. Uh, he didn't do anything outstanding on the field. I think one thing we've got to be aware of is a guy like this with so much influence normally on the field on both sides of the ball uh, in attack and uh, putting on those hits in defense, we're probably not going to see that um, arty for a little while. Uh, it might take him a bit of time to work himself back into this game, but after a knee injury and being such a power-based player, um, I, I'd just be a little bit wary of that if, you, if you're looking at fantasy footy. Um, everyone wants Artie in your team, don't get me wrong. But, yeah, it's something to be wary of. New Zealand, New Zealand Super Rugby Player of the Year last year. So. Huh? New Zealand Super Rugby Player of the Year last year. Yeah, Harry was just about to say he's still probably the first pick or <laughs> one of the first picks for us. But that doesn't mean we didn't say be wary. Yeah. Look, a couple other names that popped up. Sam Whitelock back from sabbatical as well. Uh, Ethan Blackholder. Oh, older. Blackholder. Older. Older. He's older than he was, yeah. Ethan Blackadder is back from his shoulder up that he had back in October as well. So he's fit and firing. Uh, and it was good to see Ethan Roots get a run as well. I don't think he, I don't know if he was injured. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I, I just think that his name was floated around as, yeah. a, as a good player. Um, that Cullen Grace ended up getting a run over the top of, and I think it was an injury. I was going to say, just to uh, kind of spark John people's memories, just remember how good Cullen Grace and Tom Christie had been in the, yeah. first, uh, the opening of Super Rugby 2020. Um, they both really stepped up and just showed that the Crusaders just have depth and depth and depth. There's always someone waiting in the wings. Uh, yeah. They were both incredible. So it would be interesting to see, see how they go. Yep. Yeah, so um, for those that didn't know, the Crusaders played an intra-club match um, on the weekend. I think you touched on it before, but there were some notable names missing without explanation as to why, but there was no Richie Moe, um, there was no Andrew Macaleo, um, no Whitelock, no Mitch Drummond, no Braden Ennor, um, but we did have David Havili back, and David Havili at 10, which... He can do everything. He can legitimately do everything. So, But there's a few notable names missing there, not sure as to why we you can make the assumption that maybe it is to, to give him that. I mean, it's been a long time, but um, not risk an injury, you know, yeah, but no. not risk an injury in an internal match. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, on the guys coming back, David Havili to me slots in at 15. Yep. Richie Moe slots straight back in at 10 with zero game time. And all straight into the centres. Could you and all in the centres? Or the wing. All right. Uh, Richie Mo. Oh, Enor. Oh, well, we're talking about Richie Mo. I said and Enor straight oh, back into the centers. Oh, I thought you said and or. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, Sam Whitelock, El Capitan, not this year, but I personally think he should have been the All Blacks captain. Sure, where he starts straight away, no matter what he's done. He'll be Kieran Reid esque. He'll come back with zero fitness and zero uh, zero training, and he'll still be the best player on the park. Um, so that type of bloke, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure so, he's yeah. been training. Yeah, yeah that's right. I was, <laughs> of, of course, he's got chicken confidence. But <laughs> my point is, he, he'll be class no matter what. Yeah. Uh, look, basically, just quality coming out of there is for the Crusaders. It's just not fair. <laughs> coming yeah. out of Wazoo. 
Mate, I reckon the Hurricanes could have won on the weekend and we still would have been talking the same. It would have been the same chat about this game coming up. You know what I mean? Like, wouldn't have batted one iota. Um, Very good. What else? I think the one thing we think that the Hurricanes are going to need to get some more go forward. Um, there's going to be a, a lot more improvement needed from their forwards um, and give them a chance, I suppose, to set some stable ball um, for their 10 uh, Garden Bastrop. And then he needs to be able to control that field a little bit better with his kicking. Um, I, I do think he's got a decent kicking game on him. Boy, he does not look like he should be a super rugby player with that rig. He played, he played reasonably well, yeah, I think, on the was, weekend. Uh, yeah, no, I, okay. I agree. I think the biggest thing is the Crusaders four pack has got to be the Rolls Royce four pack in this competition. Yep. And if they if the Hurricanes got pushed around by the Blues last week, man, it's going to be a tough ask unless they can really pick up the game. Yeah, I think in terms in terms of the season for the Hurricanes, if if only Jordy Barrett wasn't trying to make well remake the All Blacks as a wing fullback, then they could just slot him into ten. You know what I mean? I'm sure he'd love to do that, but I think he just can't waste that opportunity um, yeah, for the yeah. higher honours. But um, yeah, speaking of the go forward, uh, via for feeder, mate, the man is always on the bench. Uh, was that injury enforced this week, coming off the bench, or um, no, he's just not very good. Mate, he is fantastic. He's, been, uh, he's an all black, and um, he, think, he will give them that go for it, mate. He's an incredible ball runner, um, and he's actually he's fantastic with set piece. I don't, you know, they, uh, they seem to prefer Reed Princip um, ahead of him. Was he on the bench? He was. Oh, he was listed on the bench. Did he come off the bench? Literally, literally not even on. Oh no, no, he had the toe injury. Oh, yeah. Ah, uh, yes, very good. Yeah, look, um, uh, mm. he he's been underwhelming in my opinion in comparison to like he's been shades of his previous self when he's played really really well he, he's earned that respect and, and earned that position but he hasn't I don't think he's been doing enough of that recently I think I'm not sure if you guys remember the first couple of games of this season he, he came on he started a few games and he was playing really really well with Super Rugby 2020 he was playing some of his best footy so I don't know what yeah, I'll, I'll give you reasonably well <laughs> but uh, either way, like even getting Walkerly Awary on there, they really need some go forward. They are missing the likes of Victor Vito. Um, yeah. Obviously, Artie, incredibly, they're missing him. Um, they just, they're not getting that punch that they need. Right. They need some ball runners in their forward pack, basically. And yeah. Karifi, I, I, I'm still not sold on Karifi. Gareth <laughs> Evans is a workman, but nothing else. Ree Princep is a bit of a workman that doesn't use his body quite as much as you'd think he would. I'm not yeah. convinced that they've got enough ball runners either. I think Perifi's matured us slightly from his early days only because he was the most immature bloke on the field in terms of he was a red card waiting to happen every time he touched the ball and touched the defender. He is... He's just he, an angry man. He's an angry man wanting to hurt people. Um, but look, he, he's, he's got some impact, but I mean, he's, he's no Artie Sevilla. That's it. All right, so we... Artie Sevilla is mm. not going to be playing seven. You're saying Artie Sevilla is also not Artie Sevilla at the moment. Um, he's not. He'll play. He'll play. Yeah, he, so yeah, we haven't, uh, we, we haven't danced around it at all. Crusaders to absolutely smash him in this one. Um, we yep. think in cricket school, what are we like? I think it's fairly solid. I think it could be quite convincing. I, I don't know what we're, we're thinking here. The only the only thing that's a saving grace for me is that the Hurricanes just played a big game and uh, the Crusaders are a week behind and the Crusaders generally start a little slower. They do. This is a second chance this year. Does, does that apply to a second start of the season? I guess. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm going to say Crusaders by eight. I'm going to say Crusaders by 15 plus. Oh, I was going to say 15. I'm going to go 20 then. Yeah. Um, no, very good. Um, all right. Well, before we um, get on to our dessert, uh, I was just going to 
address the elephant in the room. Actually, we forgot to um, to bring it up with Alan Alatoa last week, but instead he joined us on a video call. And um, yes, he was staring at Nelson is pointing to, uh, for Paddy, those listening, Paddy, not watching the, the calendar we have. Uh, so one of our draft punishments, at the, sorry, our draft punishment at the end of last year was... Um, you shall not be named. Who shall not be named? Uh, the drafter. Sorry, um, space. Oh no! I know you. I know you're all surprised it wasn't Nelson. That's fine. Um, but uh, sexy calendar. Um, so yeah, it was great having Alan on the podcast last week, and he just got to stare at um, you know some uh, sexy bloke calendar on the back of the wall. So yeah, I think this definitely needed to be discussed and shown <laughs> the value of some punishments. Look at this. Oh, yeah. this. Professional shot after professional <laughs> shot. This guy is made for it. So for those watching the podcast, listen to the podcast, make oh. sure you uh, you flick back over, save the time now and flick over to the... Uh, That's it. Go, go get on YouTube and, uh, and check right. it out. It's well, well worth it. Um, Look at that. All right. Let's, let's but yes, moving on. All right. Let's, uh, that, uh, with that, that is going to take us to our dessert for the evening. And uh, as I know nothing about what we're talking about, and I've forgotten again already, something to do with the combine, um, Harry and Nelson... What's up? What's what's that? What's on the menu for dessert? Honestly, I think that calendar is almost enough for dessert right now. <laughs> but uh, look, the, the one thing we just really wanted to, to touch base about or, or to bring up was Australian Super Rugby had talked about the possibility of doing a rugby, Australian rugby combine before the season started to try and hype the game up a little bit. And we haven't heard any more about that since that was, last month. That was early May, having May about the 10th or 11th. We haven't heard anything more. So we're just going to talk about it in the hope that uh, someone starts talking about it and it does happen. Because Actually, can I, can I interrupt the flow of thought just there, you as can't. I generally tend to do? No, just about, I watched the Major League Rugby's collegiate draft last weekend. Um, and I thought that was pretty cool. So that was the first draft, just like the NFL or NBA mm. draft they had for the Major League Rugby. And it was uh, kids getting picked out of um, various universities and being drafted. So it was 20 players drafted um, to Major League Rugby teams. Pretty cool. Um, and yeah, it was very cool. And yeah. is it is it true that it was basically all the leftovers from the NFL draft? <laughs> no, well, I guess all, all, all of these players had, had had more or less all been playing football up until recently. That's like that was the, the common story. It's like, and they've all been playing American football, and maybe they've been playing rugby for two years. You know, like, uh, there's there's a few of the early ones where collegial all American last year, and have been playing since they were twelve or thirteen, and this sort of stuff, but. Definitely a lot of talent there from well, the NFL. Yeah. All I was saying is I was watching, the, you know, they were showing clips of the highlights of all these players and far out. I've been saying it for a long time. When the USA gets their act together, they're going to oh. be so good. Like some of these players. There was this guy, I've got his name now. Uh, I'll have to link it in the pod notes, but there's a prop. Um, he got drafted at 17th. Enormous, this bloke. He's probably 150 kilos, 6'4", and he was lightning quick. So, um well, check out the pod notes for that. Go, go check out some of the NBA guys as well. Like you're talking seven foot tall. Like these guys don't even need to jump to dunk. You don't need to lift them in a line out. Just have them standing at the front of a yeah, line out. You can't, you can't be that tall in contact. No, you like, can't. You're just going to break. You can't. Yeah. All right, let's kick on. So rugby combine, uh, a couple of the different uh, events that we want to talk about. 40 yard dash, gentlemen. Who's your favourites in the Australian rugby for the 40-yard dash? Oh, true, I was going to say Bodie. Um, for the Aussies, yeah. well, let's cut over to Kagi. <laughs> uh, probably Tom Banks. Yeah, yeah. that's not a bad, bad shout. pretty quick. I thought Harry Wilson because he's good at everything. Uh, yeah, I'll, t- I'll take <laughs> Harry Wilson. I'll take Harry Wilson. Uh, 
What's um, Tony, isn't Tony? Wasn't Tony Pulu supposed to be the fastest man in uh, New Zealand rugby? Ooh, yeah, he's. I'm yeah. going to say Tony Pulu. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, I think that's a great shout. He's getting yeah. old. What about the bench press, gentlemen? Ooh. Yeah, well, there's been a couple shouts about a few of the guys and how much they've been benching recently. I, I think it was Tony Latupo that he has just been benching absurd amounts of weight. Can I can I can I take back my forty yard dash and give it to Tupo as well? I was thinking, I was thinking <laughs> that too. <laughs> Uh, um, I think, yeah. I think, is there anyone? Do you have anyone in mind that could beat Taniella? Oh, we'll just. I'll throw Angus Bell out there anyway, just because I love talking about Angus Bell. If I could bring him up in every. This is a pod where we're going to not have talked about Angus Bell. So. I can't believe we got this far in. <laughs> Angus Bell did this, didn't you, Kagi? That'd be great. No, I'm not going to lie. But, vertical uh, jump, gentlemen. Uh, oh, Mark, no, Mark, no, no winging it to us, eh? No, you don't, say, you don't. I got, I got the name right that time. I nailed it. He said no winger neither. Just that's his position as wing. He's no winger neither, Icy mate. All right. Very well, since we were talking at the same time, I'll just claim the combination of us saying it. I got it right. If you didn't give such good answers immediately, then I'd offer something. But I'm with you 100%. It's got to be no winger neither, Icy. Yeah, no one's beating him. No. <laughs> well, maybe this is why it's not going to go ahead because everyone already knows the results. <laughs> yeah. All right. The broad jump, I feel like you just got to go the same thing. So let's skip that. Three cone drill and the shuttle run. So the agility drills. Is there anyone that you think will uh, top the uh, the agility drills? Who's your sevens player that you've been up on Twitter trying to get across? Yeah, uh, I was going was, was to give a shout out to that. Nels bullying uh, Aussie sevens coach Tim Walsh, just being like, "Come on, mate, get the players in there, son. Get Maurice Longbottom into." Yeah. Oh well, he's he, he's lightning. He'd definitely he, win those. Surely he wins the sh- wins the shuttle drill and <clears throat> the three cone drill. He, he could win Super Rugby. Wide potentially, I know that's a big call, but mm. that guy's agility is just absolutely absurd. He, his issue is that he is even smaller than Cheslin Colby. Well, yeah, <laughs> but Cheslin Colby plays like he's 120 kg, so that's okay. yeah. Um, but that's Cheslin Colby. So let's say shadow run like a Bronco. So I know that uh, there were a couple of shout outs. Tate McDermott smashed it up <laughs> at the Reds. Tom Banks smashed it down in the Brumbies. Even our guest last week, Alan, was saying some of the boys were coming in in the, uh, in the 420s, which, you know. 420, 430s, he said. Yeah. yeah. It's still pretty Banks was one. Good. I think there was another. I can't remember who the other one was. Um, I think Banks will be pretty good. Tom Wright? Did he say Tom Wright? Tom Wright. Tom Wright, Tom Wright. yeah. Yeah. So there's a few guys there. I can't, uh, I don't know, anyone from the Tars that you think could be the uh, Mr. Fitness? Michael Hooper, but... I don't think he's got enough top-end pace to compete with some of those guys. I think him in, in a longer-distance thing would probably suit him better. Yeah? Yeah, I don't think he'll... Uh, that's 1.2K. Who, who would win? I don't think it's enough for him. More, more importantly, Nelson, who would win, though? Michael Hooper or you um, at this combine? I, I'd struggle to finish. Nelson's on one leg at the moment, so <laughs> one knee's blown up. I'll, three training sessions. No, very good. All right, so, um, yeah, you said there's been a little bit of talk about this, but what, not for a while? Yeah, no, so not since probably uh, May the 10th or 11th. So our, our assumption will, will be that it won't go ahead, seeing as it would have to be in the next week or two. But this is anyway. obviously going to generate a lot of buzz. So it'll yeah, just for up. sure. Yeah, yep. If not, and, uh, we'll, own. Doug, yeah. you'll take you out a few. <laughs> Absolutely. And I was just going to say with that, um, the Saints, regarding the Major League Rugby again, uh, it was interesting. Your, your Nelson's new team, uh, I, I know you linked like a random team generator, but... Nelson's now picked a team purely based on the team name. Nelson, who's your new team in the Major League Rugby? Mate, the Jackals. 
the Jackals, the Dallas Jackals. Yeah, um, I love it. And also, I don't know if you guys caught it, but I did. I had. I did. Wasn't aware yet. But Hoylesey is the uh, has gone over. He's the assistant coach of the um, the new LA team that uh, has a really terrible name. Guillotine. Yeah, the guillotine. Um, do you know how you said I, mine was on one of the random allocators? I did take ten turns to get the Jackals. So <laughs> I just I love the name. I have I have got one more thing to bring up. Um, Damien Fitzpatrick uh, yeah. is retiring. Tolu mm. Latu left at the end of last year. Hugh Roach played a game for the uh, Crusaders before immediately <laughs> being red carded and let go. Who's playing hooker for the Waratahs in two weeks? Abel. Who we got? Oh, uh, Robbie Abel. Is that who we got left? Yeah, Robbie Abel, thirty-one year old. And Andrew, Andrew Tuala. And Tuala, twenty-nine year old. I, I actually hit up. Um, Tuala's twenty-nine years old. Is he? Jeez, yeah, how scary God. is that? I, can, um, we, I, can we grab one of my, uh, Can we bring BPA back to you? Let's bring uh, Brandon. He's, he's a little post. Yeah. He's a little post I put up on, on Twitter. Tom Horton. Tom Horton week. as well, guys. No, he's probably he's lost, supposed he? to be okay. But um, so this this is something. When you look at the top four of the Brumbies, they've got Falau Fainga, who's, what, 25? Connell McKinnery, who'd be 23, 24. Lachlan Lonigan, who's got so much, like such big raps. Yeah, about we'll him. take him. Can we take Lonigan? Yeah, yeah, 20 20 year old or we'll so. We'll and then him. had one shot and was awesome when he had his little little bit of time. And then Billy Pollard, who every single NRL club wanted. And uh this big still, don't him. say wanted, still wants. Uh, still yeah. wants. Yeah. So we will take any of those, thanks, Brumbies. Yeah. Send them over. We will give you Simmons. We'll give you Simmons. Also, actually, on the chat about Simmons, who he we wish he was replaced by uh, maybe Rodder. Rodder has signed for a year. Um, for Lyon in French, maybe Div Two or Div One. Div, yeah, it's gotta be nice. French rugby. So, um, but that's only a year. So hopefully he's gonna want to come back and say his sorries and uh, join the Waratahs and take up Simmons as Waratahs captain slash lock. Very good. And look, last order of business is uh, we discussed a couple, maybe two pods ago, just about how we were going to handle fantasy Super Rugby with the two new domestic competitions. And so um, just to reiterate on that, we are not starting until the 3rd of July when the Super Rugby AU kicks off and we're playing with the overlap of both Super Rugby Australia and New Zealand. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, we're just doing a pod and getting to enjoy some rugby. It's really interesting getting to do a bit of research on all the players you're going to pick uh, leading into that, actually getting to watch some rugby. And and, uh, just on that as well, for anyone that needs stats for their own competitions, our coder is going to hopefully work on presenting the round one stats at the back end of this week. There's a few technical issues that he's got to work through with that you uh because of the fact that there's going to be code coming from both the australian and new zealand competitions so he's kind of working through that at the moment we do have an excel doc that uh yourself craigs has put together as well with all the the stats that we can share out if you need it as well so let us know um one more question craig so this is going to be popular on social media why are you wearing two sets of headphones i'm not you've clearly got a waratahs one on the inside it's blue and he goes right around through here, and then you got a black one outside. It's quite strange. It's. I'm not sure if you're just not familiar with headphones, but this is just one set of headphones now. But um, didn't you say you're also using the mic from your computer? So is that just for show, or I am. This is this. That is good. This is for show. It's you know you got to you can't be taken seriously unless you've got the big uh, you got the gear. Um, okay. I'm saying that no one take is taking either of you seriously. <laughs> we, but we, um, <laughs> we say important things. 
You need the headphones. On that note, let's round out this podcast. Thanks for listening. We kept it a nice short one with only two games of rugby to talk about. And we'll catch you again in a week's time for the next one. Thanks, Luddy. Look at him, celebrating like he just got the ring back to Mordor.